0: Hello and welcome. Thank you for downloading this week's Sermon and Prayers of Intercession from the English Reformed Church, Amsterdam. We hope you will enjoy what you're about to hear and that you will be blessed.
1: Today, it's Trinity Sunday, the day when the church particularly remember that God is free in one. Remember that we worship God who is both three distinct and separate persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yet we don't often think about what we mean when we say that. And perhaps that's just well because it's one of those ideas that gets more complicated the more you think about it. It's something that's better understood with our hearts than our heads. Indeed, most people of other faiths or no faith find the idea of a God who is free in one completely un incomprehensible. I have heard also on school where I teach Christianity that they say Trinity what's about it? What is Trinity? I don't know. Three gods and just one person, one God, how does it work? I do not understand. So I've heard it said that the Trinity is a way theologians used to make something simple complicated. And it can seem that why sometimes. So this morning we are going to look at where the idea of the Trinity came from. And hopefully I won't make it complicated. Please feel free to interrupt and say so. If I do. (laughs) So, to make sense of what the Trinity is, and why we celebrate it, I think we have to begin with our hearts and not our heads, and look at the experience of the early disciples when they first started spreading news of Jesus, life and death. During his lifetime, the disciples had no need to explain who Jesus was. They simply lived with him and experienced what he was like. But after his death and resurrection, after his ascension and Pentecost, they had to start explaining who Jesus was to people who had never met him. At first, the disciples would have been talking mainly to Jews, to people familiar with the God of the Old Testament, the God who had created everything, all people, all creation, and the God who spoken through his creation and had power over the wind and the sea The God who was awesome and also terrifying but yet who loved his people Israel tenderly as a lover loves his partner his bride or groom or as a father loves his children. The God who wants the best for his people, but who criticize and punish them when they are doing wrong. As those early disciples explained who Jesus was and what he had done, they found they were speaking about one who has control over the wind and the sea. about one who healed people, as the scripture said, only God could. In a world where illness or disability was seen as a punishment for sin, Jesus released people from their sins and so from their illness or disability with a power that only God had and had. And as they spoke about Jesus' death, they found themselves talking in terms of sacrifice, in terms of the perfect lamb, presented for slaughter as an (laughs) atonement for sin. As they spoke about Jesus' resurrection, they saw this resurrection as God confirming the truth of Jesus' ministry. the more they tried to explain Jesus, the more they found themselves talking in terms of God issuing his people just as he had rescued them when he brought them out of Egypt. You know the story. Only this time, instead of God sending special people like Moses to rescue his people, this time... God had come himself. The disciples believed passionately that there was only one God. They would have been at least as familiar as we are with the scripture, here Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the disciples did not describe Jesus as God because it seems like a good idea. No. They described Jesus as God because although... It was a shocking and a scandalous suggestion. It was the only explanation that made any sense of what they had experienced with him. So God was one God. But Jesus was also one God. And the early church wrestled with whether Jesus was human or God. Or part human and part God? And once again, the only explanation that made any sense of what the eyewitnesses had experienced was if Jesus was both fully God and fully human, God was one God. But God was God the Father and God the Son. And when the disciples started explaining the Pentecost, they were drawn back to Jesus' words that we have heard of the last few Sundays about Jesus sending his Spirit and sending the Advocate, the Counselor, the one who would guide his people, who would confirm for all that Jesus had taught them, once again, as the disciples spoke of the experience of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and during the events we about in Acts, they found themselves speaking of God still being present with them, of Jesus still being present with them. So, once again, Describing the Holy Spirit as God was not something that the disciples thought up as a good idea. They still believed, believing passionately that there was only one God. But once again, the only way that they could make sense of what they experienced was if the Holy Spirit was also fully God. So the Trinity, the concept of God as one, but God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, came about because for the first eyewitnesses to Jesus' death and resurrection, His ascension and Pentecost, there was no other explanation that makes sense. and. As Sir Arthur Conan Doyle says through Sherlock Holmes, I never know if you re- read it before, once you eliminate the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be true and must be the truth. So that's how the Trinity came about. But what about us? We're sitting here today. Is the Trinity just a dusty, theological idea, a concept? Is it useful? Well, personally I found, and I find, I cannot draw a picture of the Trinity in my head, or more than I can draw a picture of the invisible God in my head, but so I don't, I don't try to, but I can't picture the life of Jesus and, and for me, Jesus' life only makes sense to me if Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us, God with you, God with me, in flesh and blood, human form. And the way I way I feel myself responding to God, and the way I see offering or of, well, where I see others responding to God only makes sense if God is with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. So like the early disciples, I believe in the Trinity not because I understand it. No, I don't. I don't. But because nothing else makes sense of my belief in Jesus and my belief in God. In my day today, life, knowing God as, God as Father, Son and Holy Spirit gave me three different ways to relate to God. Sometimes, one way works better than the others. For example, when I stand on the top of a mountain, or when I watch a rough sea crashing against a beach, or gas at stars in a night sky. I understand God best as God the Father. The awesome, powerful creation of the universe, of this earth. The source of infinite love and infinite goodness. <laughs> The one before whom I feel utterly insignificant. God who defies all my attempts to define him. But when I know I've, I've done wrong or failed to do right, when, when I feel i failed to be the person God calls me to be, or when I'm feeling sad or lonely or afraid, then I I relate to God more easily as Jesus. God the Son who came to earth to save sinners, to save me, to save you. I relate to Jesus as God who chooses to be vulnerable. God is who is re- prepared to join us in, a, in all the mess we make of our own lives and the lives of, of other people. And we know it in ourselves. The church is not different than the outside world, darlings, no. God who is Jesus is the one I turn to when I need to know that God knows how I feel, knows everything I've done or not done, and still loves me anyway, who I am, not the way that I must be. So what's left over of what's left for the Holy Spirit? In a way, God the Father and God the Son are both remote. God the Father because he is too big. And God the Son because although I can visualize Jesus walking through Galilee about 2,000 years, 2000 years ago, I know he's no longer present on earth as a human as I pictured him. So I relate to the Holy Spirit in much the same way as the early church apparently did. The Holy Spirit enables me to sense presence of God. The sense of God nudging me towards a particular cause of action. For example, I, I visualize the Holy Spirit as the one who intercedes with Too deep for words. And the Holy Spirit is the one who assures me that God can find us when we can't find Him. Assures us God hears our prayers, even we don't know what our prayers are. Or when we cannot pray. So, whatever joys or challenge we face today, the Trinity assures me that God is never out of reach, never. Whether we need God the Almighty, the infinite, or we need God on a human scale, who has felt as we feel, or we need God who comes close and brings us comfort or guidance, the Trinity assures that God can be for us, what we need. Frankly, I believe that's a tree in one God. A God worth of having it. Worth walking with him. Worth to talk with him, have a relationship with him. And that's also what he wants with you, a personal relationship with you. And he said, "Come to me. I'm already here, but where are you? I'm the free and one, and I'm there for you with all my love, all my heart. I created you to way, just the where you are. And I love you. Amen.
0: Let's bring the concerns of our hearts to God. Let us pray. Loving God, You promised that when Jesus ascended into heaven, you would not abandon us and leave us as orphans, but that you would send your spirit to be with us. And the world needs that spirit, the spirit of peace and reconciliation, the spirit of wisdom and discernment, the spirit of life that counters the spirit of death. O God, we pray for your church throughout the world. You have promised to guide us into all truth. Forgive us, we pray, when we resist that truth. Forgive us when we are blown about by the spirit of the age and the winds of the world's thinking. And forgive us, too, when we fail to hear you speaking to us through those outside and beyond the church, who we need to hear. O God, in all the complex challenges of our modern world, open us to the guidance of your Spirit and give us the courage to speak a word of life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And God, we pray for the spirit of peace in the world. We pray for an undoing of tensions with Iran. We pray for peace and reconciliation between Israel and Palestine with the forthcoming US-led peace proposals. We pray for peace and for justice in Hong Kong at this time. We pray for peace and stability in Sudan in the midst of unrest and transition. We pray for the UK as a new Prime Minister is chosen in the coming days. O oh God, breathe Your Holy Spirit into our world. We pray, Lord, in Your mercy. Amen. And as several of us have taken part in the fund of Looktelling last walk last walk last night, we pray for the work of this charity in, a way in raising awareness and money to provide food, shelter medical care and education for refugees. O God, bless all who work to bring hope to those who are displaced and uprooted and to seek refuge. We pray too for anyone today who is feeling anxious or troubled, anyone struggling with ill health or loss, for anyone who is in need of the peace and comfort that the Spirit brings. Lord, in your mercy, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.